JG Nanda. Let's start with the Nokar mantra. Namo Akhantanam, Namo Sitanam, Namo Ayarianam, Namo Ujjayanam, Namo Loi Samasahunam, Eso Panchamukaro, Sarva Pahu Parasano, Mangalalancha Savesim, Paramahame Mandalam. So the best way to retain information is to go over it again. Uh, we should always tell our kids that the best way to study is a week, not a week, probably about three to four weeks after taking your notes, uh, you should go over that. You should go over your notes again. So each week you should go over the notes you have from three to four weeks ago. And that's the best way to retain information and to study. And they won't do that because it's hard work. Uh, it's hard work to do that. You have your responsibilities you have this week, so how am I going to go over the notes I had three or four weeks ago, right? But uh, if you manage to work that plan, you'll see their grades go up. So we want our Jainism grades to go up, so we're going to review the things that we did this semester. So we started by using technology for Jainism. That is, the first thing we did is we put the book on our phone. We put the soft copy of the book on our phone so we could have it because one of the hardest things to do is to open this when you're living your life at home, right? You can open it now, you can open it um, before you get to class, but when you're on a random Thursday and it's time for dinner and then, you know, you have stuff to do, you're not going to open the book. So we put the book on our phone. Uh, if you don't have the book on your phone, get the book on your phone. Um, I don't have my phone here in the rush to get out of the car I left my phone in the car but um, I think I in the whatsapp group we, I sent a link and I asked you to save the soft copy of the book to your phone and add it to your home screen you can also put it in the group info description okay link, so it oh will be there forever oh that's great and, and, and if you don't have it I created a new section on the website called documents because people were asking for it. So if you click on documents, you could get a link to the book right there. The next thing we did is we installed a meditation app on our phone. I asked you in to install one of Headspace, Calm, Waking Up, uh, Smiling Mind, anything, just so you'd have it on your phone. Anybody use that? Anybody open the book on their phone? No, it's very hard, right? <laughs> uh, the next thing we did is we created a reminder regimen on our phone. That is, I asked you to create a series of alarms or to download a productivity app to remind you whatever you need to be reminded about. Whether, whether you need to be reminded that you're a soul, that you need to spend time on your spiritual goals, uh, any number of things you need to do. It's all very uh, personal to you. Um, so hopefully you've been doing that. Uh, next, we use technology to advance our professional goals. We all joined the Mighty Network um, sponsored by Malav, who set it up. And so hopefully we can connect with other Jane professionals and support each other that way. Uh, then I asked you to take a page from young people. Young people have their phone on silent. And silent does not vibrate uh, because you still are distracted when it's on vibrate because if it's on the table, you can hear the phone vibrating. You can feel it vibrating in your pocket. All young people have their phone on silent. Because they know they're going to look at their phone within 30 minutes anyway, right? Uh, so it doesn't. It, they'll see the notification then, and they never need to pick up a call anyway. 
because nobody calls anybody, right? Mm -hmm. So all young people have their phone on silent. Figure out how to put your phone on silent, and then you'll see that your quality of life go up. Okay, that's one of the things we can learn from young people. So we, so in that class, we talked about how technology can help us with our spiritual and professional goals, and we actually, I actually made you use your technology to help you with that. Questions or comments on that? Any successes? Any failures? So I've been using the do not disturb. I love it. Yeah. Oh, you figured it out. Oh, it's kind yeah, of complicated because you can set it for like the what to do on a weekday and a right. weekend and each individual day. So yeah, you figured it out. Yeah. I, I actually have used it before, uh -huh. uh, but never implemented, like used it here and there. Right. But now it's so much easier. I just, it's an iPhone. I just yeah. swipe it. Do not disturb. It's like a dead. Yeah. And then on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I put it on silent, on the aeroplane mode. Uh -huh. so I get nothing <laughs> perfect. That's uh, great. Yeah. And your quality of life has went up. My productivity went up. I yeah, don't know great. about the quality of life. <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, that is one. And then on the one day a week, I started, I wanted to learn Logos before I go to India. Because I know my mom is going to grill me on that. <laughs> so I'm so happy I learned it. That's great. Yeah. So my mom asked me, I don't have to lie anymore. <laughs> I know it now. <laughs> yeah, so. Okay. So do you remember the reason we learned Logos? The reason I learned Logos is pretty much a uh, couple of reasons. One um, is to, you know, praise the qualities of the Tankaras, the qualities, um, the 108 qualities. Uh, Actually, some hundred qualities of the Tantara, but um, um, anyhow, pretty much I'm trying to remember the qualities of the Tantara and how they liberated themselves. That's right. So by repeating the names, it reminds you of that person's life. Right. So once you learn it, I think that's great. That's a great accomplishment. And so now you need to learn about their lives. Right. right? So then as you repeat them, Think about it with people you know. Just just recite the names of your family in your head. It's totally different because there's a lot of emotions that come with it and you know they're distinct people and you immediately know the qualities of those people, right? So when you learn more about the Tirthankar's lives, when you say the, the name, when you say a particular name, it'll conjure that those stories that you learned in your head and you'll remember those qualities. So that's the whole purpose of it. A lot of times we forget, especially when we teach our kids, like, oh, you know Logos and I. Great. Let's move on to the next step. Right. Well, well what, remember, what's the reason we learned it? Mm. And we have to kind of examine that, right? And, and the same thing with Namo Intanam. You know, again, Yash asked me an amazing question. So I under, I know the first five lines of Namo Intanam, why I say that. After that, I don't. You know, I'm like, Daddy, why is this? Oh my God, <laughs> it's time for you to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and that's the whole deal. And that's the whole deal with prayer. I used to think that, well, it was kind of dumb to learn the prayer without learning the meaning. Right. Uh, because what is the point? You're not getting that much out of it. But then I realized we need to keep the kids engaged. And right now is a good time for them to learn it, even if, though they don't know the meaning. Now I reverse. Now I'm like, okay, great. Just learn it. And then later on, we'll fill it in in the back end. Right? We'll fill in the meaning. So the next class was, we talked about the power of silence. That is... Most of us um, don't do too much violence by action, right? We're pretty secure of that. But we do do a lot of violence by uh, verbal violence. And that is himsa, right? 
So we learned how the power of silence can help us. It can help us with our major vows. It helps with non-lying, right? We said the four kinds of falsehoods were denying an existence of something, asserting something false to be true, uh, representing something to be different than it is, um, and then the last one is kind of a catch-all, when speech is ordinarily condemnable, sinful, and disagreeable. So by uh, promoting silence, we're promoting this um, practice of this vow of non-lying. We learned... Um... Hi, come on in. How are you doing? Good. We're reviewing everything we did this semester. Oh. We just talked about how we used uh, technology to enhance our spiritual and professional lives. Now we're talking about how to use silence, the power of silence. We learned, of course, our four passions. Does anybody remember the four passions? Anger, ego, deceit, and greed. Which one was, does non-lying help with the most? Deceit. Yeah, probably deceit. deceit. Yeah, because we, um, the, come, the most common way we practice deceit is to lie. Uh, we learned that when you start practicing, you know, when you start, like, let's say you start fasting, one of the goals of fasting is realize how much time is consumed by planning to eat, preparing to eat, eating, cleaning up, thinking about what to eat next, you realize how many brain cycles you're wasting, right? When you start to practice silence, you realize the same thing. You realize how meaningless the conversations you engage in are and how meaningless the conversations other people engage in are. Uh, and so you'll start to kind of see what people mean when they say something like, life is an illusion or we build the imaginary bars that we cage ourselves in. You start to see the meaning of things like that, that we may not have uh, seen the meaning of that before. Uh, so silence helps us live consciously. That's one of the ways it does that. It reminds us to be more mindful and self-compassionate. Uh, it's a tool for our emotional regulation. And there's some kind of practical uses uh, that apart from Jainism, we learned about practical uses of silence. That is, it helps us build trust with other people. Um, it helps us emphasize a point. It helps us negotiate. I don't know if you've ever used silence in negotiation. It's a very good negotiation tactic. It helps us empower other people, especially people who don't have a voice. And we sometimes we feel we can understand how they feel. And it helps us give people a voice by understanding that. It helps us get answers. How many times has someone asked you a question and you start to answer and they interrupt you? with more stuff that you don't need to know because you have the answer to their question. Uh, it works the other way, right? We don't want to interrupt people that are helping us. I tell my kids that all the time. I said, I say, because obviously they come to us as parents with questions all the time and we have all the answers a lot of the times and they just keep on talking. So I just say, if somebody's helping you with something, you just be quiet and let it happen. Just let them help you. A lot of times we get in, get in our own way of, of getting our own help. Uh, silence allows us to center ourselves. And there's a lot of... Hey, come on in. JG Nendra. JG Nendra. 
we're doing a review of what we did this semester. And so one of the points of this review is in case you missed a class, you can um, know about what we talked about, or you can decide to go online to listen to that class. And also a lot of times we have questions that don't come up until much later if we think about them. So now's a good time to ask questions about any of the stuff that might have occurred to you later. So the practical benefits of um, silence apart from Jainism are that it stimulates brain growth. It improves your sleep and helps you fight insomnia. It improves your memory. It awakens awareness in you. That's what I was talking about. When you start to realize how meaningless words are, most words are. Um, it improves uh, your heart health. Improves your clarity and your cognitive resources. Hey, how you doing? Good. Welcome. Great to see you again. Thank you. It lets you make better decisions and enhances your creativity. We uh, we learned the harsh truth that if we're afraid of, let's say you're in the car. How many of us turn on the radio if we're in the car alone or turn on some podcast or do something? Most of us, right? Um, if, you're, if you don't just have silence in the car, it might be tough for you to be with yourself. And that's an uncomfortable truth. And the best way to do it is next time you're in the car, just don't have anything on. Just drive and see how you feel. And if that's very uncomfortable for you, well, that's very telling about what you need to work on. If you're uncomfortable in silence with yourself. I have a question here. Um, like, I, I try to do that at times. Mostly I switch on the radio, but uh, at times you get into the thoughts so much. I mean, while you're driving, I feel a little unsafe. So I don't know. Because I, that has happened with me. I was driving on a freeway. And I was into my thoughts because something had happened at work and I had to go get some key from the tenant and at the speed of 60 I was driving with 80 which I didn't even realize and obviously I got the speeding ticket <laughs> but, <laughs> but that was the thing that uh, I mean because I got into the thoughts. Right. So that's interesting because most people are the opposite. Most people get distracted by the radio or the podcast mm -hmm. and when they turn that off they're less distracted. But what's interesting about you is your inner monologue is so powerful and whatever the event you were thinking about was so powerful that you got more distracted by your own thoughts mm -hmm. than you did by the radio, which would have helped you in that situation. Actually. So the thing to do there is to give yourself time every day to think while you're not driving, okay? That way you won't think while you are driving. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. It's not just the one instance. It happens all the time. I, right. For me, I, like 50% of the time, I don't have anything. And it's just myself, I'm driving. I don't right. know all this stuff. And then that happens. Like you just get so distracted. But when music is going on, it's just in the background, something in your mind going on. Right. Remember, yeah, one of the, the session we had was talking about the thoughts, how they keep going on exactly. and on. That's what happens. But if the music is on, it's in the background. Something is kind of stopping it. But right. if nothing is on, then you're just spiraling through all these thoughts and things you need to do and, you know, everything and anything that you can think of that comes into your mind. So it becomes very destructive. Right. 
And so that music is a crutch for what you're supposed to be able to do yourself, right? You're supposed to be able to monitor your thoughts and let thoughts go. So the answer is that when you spend your time thinking yourself, let's learn how to let thoughts go. Let's learn that you are not your thoughts. You are the thing that pays attention to your thoughts. And let's learn that your thoughts enslave you. Let's learn that your brain is trying to enslave your attention. And you have to fight. It's easy to say. It's very hard to do. Uh, it, you're not going to do it in one week and you're, you'll be lucky if you do it in a month. But it's worth doing because the quality of your life will improve when you see that you are not your thoughts. That will make you believe you're a soul when you realize that you are the thing that pays attention to your thoughts. And you can decide to let a thought go without thinking it. And that's one of the beauties about the power of silence is that it, it helps to spark this kind of stuff. And if you have trouble believing your soul, if you have no idea what meditation or mindfulness is about, well, that's a really practical way to do it, is to just drive. You're not doing anything anyway while you're in the car, right? When you listen to the radio, it's not enhancing your life, right? When you listen to a podcast, you might be learning stuff, but you're never going to use it anyway, right? The best thing you can do <laughs> is to turn it off and just, that's the best use of your time right then because you're kind of stuck there driving, right? So the best thing you could do is to monitor your thoughts and let them go while you're driving and pay attention to your driving. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing. <laughs> I agree to what Poonam is saying. I get thoughts, but I have so much to-do list going on. Right. It never stops. It will never stop. So then I started doing is letting go and then I get in trouble because I let go that thought that I had to do something. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just playing. laughs> That's why we write it down. Write it down. <laughs> uh, so just like we talked about, well, when you start to lose weight, the first thing you do is you write everything you eat down during a day. That there is a benefit to do that even if it doesn't change your life, right? When you start practicing the power of silence, you write down everything you say during the day. You write down what you talked about. And then you'll see, you'll, it'll start to change your life whether you want to or not. Uh, we talked about let's go a day without talking, see what happens. And we talked about how to encourage our kids to learn how to be quiet. Other questions or comments about that? All right, we have a lot to get through, so I think we have to hurry up a little bit. Uh, next, we talked about how science has proved Jainism right again. Uh, we talked about a recent example. Of course, Jainism uh, comports with science in a way that many religions don't. And... I had an epiphany that science had confirmed Jainism again. The first thing we talked about was that we're a soul. A lot of us don't believe we're a soul. Rather, we believe we're a body because this reality is so coherent that there is no way to believe otherwise. But who remembers the three pieces of evidence that the soul exists? This is very important because most of us don't believe we're a soul. So you need to remember this. You need to memorize this. What was the question? Three. There are three pieces of evidence that we talked about that we had come to a conclusion that proves the soul exists, that you are a soul. Consciousness. Consciousness. Right? Heart problem of... Are you saying scientific? That's right. Yeah. 
the hard the answer to the hard problem of consciousness we don't science does not have an answer to the hard problem of consciousness that is how does matter give dual rise nature. to experience is in dual nature particle and energy how does that prove we're a soul i don't know because a soul you you would think it's like an some form of energy it's like right. a hard particle right and and the science that proves there is always dual nature right the, of of the particle that can exist in the form of a wave right is is one of the proof that's very interesting so we'd have to think about that of well does that mean if we, one of the characteristics of the soul is infinite energy but can it be in particle form right so yeah, yeah. that's very interesting uh so uh one of the answer to the hard problem of consciousness there is none accepted by science and in fact the answer is the soul because the soul provides for consciousness in the body as long as there is no answer to the hard problem of consciousness we have some evidence that the soul exists um the other piece of evidence that the soul exists is just what we talked about your awareness is different from your thoughts right there is something that is aware and then there are your thoughts and this is something every one of us can do right now you can realize that awareness is different from thoughts and what provides that awareness your soul provides that awareness okay the third piece of evidence that the soul exists is that experienced meditators have ex- have experienced scenarios predicted by jainism that is one of the characteristics of the soul is infinite bliss yes. and experienced meditators have tapped into infinite bliss they have reported people that i trust and that you may trust or may decide not to trust have reported experiencing that bliss during meditation all right so the whole reason of that um is so first we went through that then we talked about anekantvad and so the thing um where science confirmed jainism again is dr becky kennedy a study um the doctor of the social sciences who's written a book on parenting talked about anekantvad this is what she said this idea of multiplicity the ability to accept multiple realities at, at once is critical to healthy relationships when there are two people in a room there are also two sets of feelings thoughts needs and perspectives our ability to hold on to multiple truths at once ours and someone else's allows two people in a relationship to feel seen and feel real even if they are in conflict Multiplicity is what allows two people to get along and feel close. They each know that their experience will be accepted as true and explored as important even if those experiences are different. Building strong connections relies on the assumption that no one is right in the absolute because understanding, not convincing, is what m- makes people feel secure in a relationship. Well, that could be in any Jane textbook in the world, right? right. And presumably Dr. Kennedy doesn't know anything about Jainism. Our ability to experience many seemingly oppositional thoughts and feelings at once, to know that you can experience several truths simultaneously, is key to our mental health. Psychologist Philip Bromberg may have said it best. Here she's quoting another psychologist. Health is the ability to stand in the spaces between realities without losing any of them. The capacity to feel like oneself while being many. End quote. Dr. Kennedy again. 
We are we are at our best when we notice the multiple feelings, thoughts, urges, and sensations inside of us without any of them becoming us. When we can locate ourselves amid a sea of experiences. In other words, we are at our healthiest selves when we see that two or more things are true at once. Questions or comments about that? Hey, how you doing? What stuck out of that is understanding is more important than convincing. But most of the time we are struggling to convince somebody than understand ourselves, I guess. Right. I think that's the easiest way, that's why. Convincing is easier. Certainly. I think uh, it's about being right. <coughs> Just people people want to be always right rather than trying to understand the other perspective. Because that means that you could be wrong if yeah. you understand somebody else's perspective. Yeah, yeah that's very prescient. And very also cool. about something to be get done is like, you want to get that done, so you try to convince the uh, opposite person that let's do it or let me do it. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, next we talked about Jainism and health. Um, we talked about the, well, we believe we're a soul and not a body, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't take care of our body. Too many people use it as an excuse not to take care of their body, and that's pure fat logic. What is fat logic? Anybody remember? Fat logic are the lies we tell ourselves that keep us fat. So some people believe crazy things like, Skipping a meal is unhealthy. Or that beverages don't have calories. Or you laugh, but people believe this. And sometimes we believe crazy things too. Because it's easier to tell ourselves lies than admit that we have a wrong understanding about things. I'm sorry. (laughs) Somebody forwarded me this uh, video saying that enjoy the life. Health is... Sure, I'm like, this was such a BS. You know? <laughs> a lot of people use Jainism. Of course, we have an Ayusha karma, right? That right. is, our lifespan is determined. A lot of people use Jainism to say, well, if we have an Ayusha karma, why should I exercise? Exactly. Right? <laughs> well, you should exercise because when you're 60 or 70 or 80, you don't know how long, you want to be able to practice Jainism. That is a great time to practice Jainism to do Samvara and Nirdra. Mm-hmm. And so, it, let's say... You, let's say you are destined to die at a certain age. Well, you might be so debilitated in the last five years of your life that you are missing that golden opportunity to eradicate this karma from your soul. And had you taken care of your body, you would have had that time to take care of your soul that, then. And that has nothing to do with you, whether you would have died or not at a certain age anyway, right? <clears throat> we talked about... Um, uh, the various health benefits we can have when practicing Jainism. Of course, everybody knows about vegetarianism and fasting. We talked about anger and ego. Anger and ego will kill you or debilitate you if you let your life be ruled by them because other people will beat you up. We talked about how deceit and greed, If you when you fight them, that will save your life because it will prevent you from falling down a slippery slope um, and prevent you from making major mistakes in your life. 
Of course, we talked about nonviolence is going to help you, non-lying, non-stealing, non-attachment, and celibacy. We had kind of have the wrong idea of we. these things are restrictions upon us, right? Well, if you look at it that way, they can be. If, if you look at it the way a child looks at it, that an adult or some authority figure is putting rules on you, but it's wrong. We accept these things because they increase the quality of our life. We follow these five vows because we're going to have a better life for them. And if you don't understand how you can have a better life for them, that's something we need to talk about because that's what this whole class is. This whole class is, is will always be about increasing the quality of your life outside of this classroom. And not your theoretical future life and not some mystical afterlife, increasing the quality of your life today. Next, we talked about, uh, we had a kind of an introduction to meditation. We understood that the purpose of meditation is to increase the quality of your life, the purpose of everything. Uh, we gave an example about being a little kid sitting down with your dog watching the traffic go by. Anybody remember that example? Yeah. Um, we learned what people mean when they say the quality of your attention determines the quality of your life. That is, if you live a life distracted, if you live a life with very low quality attention, your quality of life is low. If you increase the quality of your attention by practicing meditation and mindfulness, you'll increase the quality of your life because you will get more out of the experiences you have every day. We likened it to eating and watching a show at the same time, which a lot of us do, right? We're not getting really getting the benefits of eating or watching the show when we eat and watch the show because our mind is divided between the two things. And that's why we're still hungry after we eat and watch a show. Whereas if we just eat and didn't do anything else, we'd be satisfied with less because the increased quality of our attention led to an increase in quality of the experience. We tried different awareness exercises Um, and we tried uh, breath awareness exercise, eating awareness exercise, and uh, other things about meditation. Next, we talked about mindfulness. Of course, what's the difference between mindfulness and meditation? Awareness? Mindfulness is more like awareness? Mindfulness is what you do throughout your life every day. Meditation is typically what we think of. We sit down and we practice it, right? Mindfulness is you're going through your day and you're being aware of your goals. <clears throat> Sounds really easy, right? What do you mean? I'm aware of my goals all day, every day. No, you're not. <laughs> if you were aware of your goals all day, every day, you would have reached them by now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason you haven't reached them is because you're not keeping them in the front of your mind. And that's all mindfulness is, is how to keep our goals, whatever they may be, in the front of our mind. And hopefully, when you get to a level that's high enough, your mindfulness goal will be to perform somber and near as much as possible. But we got to get there. First, you have to believe that it works. We did uh, exercises on how to be mindful uh, and aware. Um, we talked about 
why our brain, if it's so important, you know, why aren't we doing it all the time? Because our brain gets distracted. And we talked about the different types of mindfulness and meditation that we could do. For example, breath awareness, uh, loving kindness, mindfulness meditation, mantra based, uh, why mantras work, we talked about. They're not magic. Uh, visualization, guided meditation, things like that. Any questions or comments? Anybody try any of this after we did it a couple months ago? So I've been using this mindful app on iPhone uh -huh. that reminds me every two hours. So I, what I do is I take a break from whatever I'm doing. Sorry, I have to go. No problem. Uh, it takes a minute. Uh, the app is just, it, it tells you to take a break from whatever you're doing. Uh, yeah, a one minute break every two hours is not bad. And it would probably really help. Right, so I'll just take a deep breath, you know, maybe eight uh, and try to hold it. So I'll take a deep breath, hold it, release it deeply, um, do that and then I don't go back because again, mind is working. So again, my to-do list comes back. <laughs> right, right. One of the things that it helps me for is it helps me realize when I'm being distracted. Like if I hear that notification, I'm like, oh, I'm really not doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So I use that as a way to get back on track. <clears throat> I don't know if we discussed here or I read somewhere else is the, the two-minute policy uh, or one-time touch policy. We did not discuss it here. Oh, Tell okay. me what that is. So what it means is, is if, whether it's an email or text message, anything, any task that you can do it, right now that takes less than two minutes oh yeah you're supposed to do it right there do it right yeah. there don't smooth it um and i've been i've been doing that but i'm actually getting better at it because sometimes that you think it's going to take less than two minutes <laughs> could take you more like 30 minutes right so now um, i'm trying to define it and um, that's why i use this mindfulness and the do not disturb and right. the airplane mode and the it's, it's a mixture of a lot of things for me to get focused. Um, I also have my social media time now. Mm -hmm. That way... That's great. You just yeah. block off a time for it. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I have to catch up. Yeah, yeah cause, because we're being pulled in a lot of different directions. Right. right. And it's important to maintain connections with family and friends and so... But, but see, the thing is, you have control over your life. Right. right? Exactly. You're not letting it control you. Right, so I won't scroll over WhatsApp messages for like 30 minutes. Right, right. Uh, very controlled. Um, deleted TikTok, thank God. Third time. <laughs> no, <laughs> so third time, that's great. I yeah. never installed it. I never. <laughs> Perfect, don't install it. Um, I related to that, uh, one of my friends actually recently tried one thing. Uh, he switched from smartphone to a basic phone. Oh my God. So, uh, yeah. You can simply only call and text, that's it. Uh, there are a lot of things which is very required yeah, so he tried that in order to see that if it works for him. He is doing it for one month. He is saying that he is getting at least two, three hours additional. Wow. Yeah. So we just don't realize that how much time we end up spending on phone on doing various things. So by just switching and he said there are some, some important things for which he has. It's an inconvenience for certain things that right. he has to open a computer and do that. But he ends up saving a lot of time. 
by doing that. He's just doing it for last month, month, and he's he's experiencing a lot of getting a lot of time back. So that is something uh, very unusual. We don't realize that how much time we spend on our smartphone. That's very courageous. Yeah, I wouldn't even try it. <laughs> yeah, my, my personal experience. So I never downloaded TikTok. So, okay. but uh, I, I not Instagram. Really. I deleted Facebook a couple of months back. Yeah, I'm just that. I mean, uh, Very nice. yeah. I, and now I'm reading when I feel like I want to do something different. I'm right. reading something that's more relevant. That's great. Uh, anyways, I, I like it too. I got a lot of withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> But then I got used to. Uh, oh, I perfect. think nowadays every phone tells you that, right? Most of the smartphone tells you that which app consumes most of your time. Yeah. Right? It might be Facebook, YouTube, or uh, based on that, if it's spending, you are spending, end up spending a lot of time on those apps. There's a, I mean, you can try deleting it for a week or two and see if you know you get more time. Right. Right, and there's also apps that block those apps, right? That only allow you to spend a certain amount of time on those apps. So if, 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 instead of if you find that self-control is very hard, you can have an app help you limit your use of other apps. <laughs> uh, next, we talked about stress. Uh, we learned how Jainism can help us with stress. We talked about the different kinds of stress and the definition of stress. Uh, the signs you might be having too much stress in your life um, and the problems that it could cause. So if you have some of the symptoms, some of these symptoms, you might be stressed out. Forgetfulness, frequent aches and pains, headaches, lack of energy and focus, sexual problems, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, both, both are a problem, upset stomach, use of alcohol or drugs to relax, weight gain or loss. So if you're experiencing those uh, and you don't know why, it might be that you you have a lot of stress in your life. Um, and that could lead to high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, depression, stroke, things like that. Uh, so we talked about how we eliminate the stressors of our life, how we can identify them and elim eliminate them by um, cultivating our social bonds, um, Eating right and exercising, which is the answer to most of, most things, right? Um, learning how to relax, meditating, protecting the time around our sleep. Too often we let um, we sacrifice sleep for other goals. Um, getting back into nature, keeping your pleasurable activities so you can avoid depression. We talked about the power of reframing, uh, the power of reframing our thinking. If you have done any kind of cognitive behavior behavioral therapy. You'll understand that. Uh, we learned how to set boundaries to manage our time, and we know how to seek help if we need it. We learned the difference between stress and anxiety, and we talked about how to help our kids with stress because they are in a particularly <laughs> vulnerable position with regards to stress. And we talked about, well, how can we help them uh, learn how to cope with things and learn how to deal with things. Next, we talked about uh, what to do, uh, not what to do. I mean, uh, we talked about, we tried to demystify death. And first we talked about what happened when your body dies. A lot of us fail the test. A lot of us still think we're a body because we still think we're going to die. You are not going to die. You are going to live forever because you are a soul. 
And the words we use are very important because the words betray what you really think when I asked you if you were going to die. Um, the words betray what your mindset are and what you really think is reality. And we really think false things, which is that we're a body, which is not true. You're not a body, you're a soul. So you're never going to die. So we talked about what happens when your body dies, how we can prepare for the death of our body, and how we can use the time um, just before we die to perhaps do more Samvara and Nirjira than we've ever done in our entire lives by refusing food, refusing social connections, refusing support, and concentrating on your soul, and letting your body... Because, because we know we're about to die, we can let go of our responsibilities and really practice non-attachment, right? In a way that you probably cannot now. And so we, we thought, well, the only thing we need to know is to remember to do that when the time comes. And it's scary. It's very scary. But it's the right thing to do. And we talked about how when you're on the doorstep of death, you'll panic because you'll realize how meaningless your life was. You'll realize how meaningless your relationships were, how meaningless um, your material possessions were, how meaningless it was to try to um, eat something, how meaningless it was to try to travel, how meaningless it was to have a hundred kind of different avenues for pleasure that didn't amount to anything. But we can stop that panic by remembering that Jainism exists and you're a soul and use that time to do more Sambhara and Nirdra than you've ever done. Questions or comments about that? Next, we continue to demystify death by talking about what we should do when another body dies. That is, there are a lot of responsibilities to take care of. We talked about the story of Gautam Swami and how that is the story of learning how to overcome attachment to other souls. We talked about um, who, what you should do when another person dies, how you should get the paperwork going, who you should notify, uh, you should, how you should secure property, how to have a funeral. We thought, talked about cremation and burial. Um, we talked about kind of the practical things you could do about the finances, um, and the, we. At the tail end, we talked about uh, what you should do about somebody's digital assets when they die, when their body dies. Um, yeah, so that was uh, more practical and less Jainism, because of course we're all responsible for our own soul. Questions or comments about that? See, we again, again, we just when we start talking about it, again, this silence comes up. Everybody's face like looks down. And everybody's. No, it's not like that, because you're not going to die. You're not going to die. Look, you're surprised. I just explained why you're not going to die. Why are you dying at least? Yeah, that's right. That reminded me I have to work on my, my trust now. 
It's not a... When your body dies or when somebody else's body dies, it's not a moment of sadness. It's a celebration of that body's life and you are on a roller coaster of life and death. And you don't believe me, but I just gave you three pieces of evidence that you're a soul. Finally, we talked about ChatGPT and if it's something we could use for our spiritual or professional progress. Uh, we talked about the history of ChatGPT, what it is, a large language model, what it's good at, what it's not good at. Uh, we asked it questions about Jainism, which it got half right, half wrong. Uh, some, some people's version got it all right, so that's pretty good. Um, we, we talked about how we could use it, use it professionally, what it could do for us. It could summarize books for us. It could translate things for us. It could do some creative writing, help us brainstorm. It could write a travel itinerary for us. It could lead us to quotations and studies. It could give us feedback about how we could improve our own text and how we can write text at work. Uh, and we can ask ChatGBT to tell us how to, what it knows. That is, we can ask it what commands we can give it if we don't know what commands we can give it and how it can help us. So it will train us about how to help us. Questions or comments about that? So what I want you to understand, the purpose of going through this, in addition to uh, cementing your knowledge of what we did, uh, helping your recall about it, is that we're probably surprised at the amount of topics. This is just one semester, right? It just started in January, right? It started in January and we're in May, right? Uh, so this is the kind of power of doing things a little bit every day. If you take do a little bit every day, at the end of a, some time, you'll be surprised how much you've accomplished. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you've looked into these topics as we've done them every week, uh, you should be really far along in your spiritual progress, right? But you're not. Why are you not? Because we talk about it here and we don't do anything in our life, right? Uh, that's why we're not, right? So how can we do any of this stuff in our life? Like, how do we just avoid talking about it, which is the easy part. And I can't do it for you. I wish I could, but I can't. I can only kind of tell you something's there, tell you something exists, kind of tell you how to get there, maybe draw you a, like a rough map, right? But you have to do the walking. So how can we implement any of this in our life? And I only have you for an hour a week. You have you for your whole life constantly reminding your mind you have to remind your mind to right. make a conscious effort to do that every day one hour week one hour I don't know. right we really start with once a week if not more absolutely the reflections right I think half an hour and a lot of times you know we uh you can put hey, come in. A lot of times we have responsibilities like our family, right? And we know we should be non-selfish, right? And so we let those responsibilities impede our spiritual progress. So if you need permission, I give you permission. You can take one hour a day for yourself. Tell your wife and your husband and your kids that this is my time. I'm going to use this for this. And guess what? They might grumble a little bit at first, but that's gonna last a couple days. Once they see you're serious about it, 
they will rearrange their life. Your kids will be like, oh, this is my time to do this. Dad's in the, the prayer room, you know? Uh, the kids, hey. your husband will be like, oh, my wife's in there doing this. This is my time to do this. They'll rearrange their life. Come on in. Come in. <laughs> so if you need permission, I give you permission. One hour a day you can take for yourself to achieve your spiritual and your personal goal. Just for yourself. Okay? Not for your family. Not for your job. Not for anything else. Not for your body. Although, yeah, you, maybe you can use it for exercise. But hopefully for your soul. Because you are a soul. And that's the number one way you can turn your life around. Everybody wants a back door. Everybody wants a cheat code. Everybody wants, and I have one for you. Believe you're a soul. And you'll make your decisions throughout your entire day differently. And if you don't believe in your, your soul, that's fine. The cheat code still works. Pretend you believe you're a soul. And ask yourself, well, if I was a soul, what would I do here? Uh, fake believing you're a soul. And then once you start to fake it enough, you'll see a difference in your life because you'll see, well, that was the way I did things when I knew I wasn't a soul. I still know I'm not a soul, but now I'm faking I'm a soul. And you'll start to see a difference. Well, things are happening differently for me. And if you do it enough, you'll actually really start to believe your soul once you see how those decisions improve the quality of your life. That is the back door to moksha. That's the back door to Jainism. That's the back door to everything. Is to believe your soul or fake believing your soul. And that is the way to jumpstart the changes we want to make outside of this classroom to increase the quality of our life. Questions or comments about anything we talked about? So, so let's say if I car out 30 minutes, an hour would be killed, but let's say 30 minutes. What do I do in that 30 minutes? Great. Question. Whatever you want. We just we just had a stack of stuff. We just talked about like 10 topics about what to do, right? right? Guess what? The book has a lot more. Right. Okay? And this is a key, right? Don't do something boring. Don't be like, I got to open the book. Thimmer told me I had 30 minutes and I shoot my kids out the door and now I got to do that. No, don't do that. Do whatever interests you because this is the truth. And there are a million ways to get there. You can do fasting. You can do mindfulness. You can do meditation. You can do Jain art. You can do prayers. You can do mental... You can do pujas. Pujas are a great way to do it. You can do pujas. You can learn about that. Whatever interests you. Whatever interests you, do that and keep doing that as long as it interests you. Because guess what? Once you do Logasa, you'll say... Well, let me read about these steer tunkers. Let me read the story of each one. I learned all their names and I recite their names every day. Well, let me read about that. And then once you learn about that, you'll learn about Gautam Swami and what he thought about death, right? And then you'll learn about other things that you'll be interested in. Or once, or let's say you don't believe any of this puja business, right? Let's say you just want to do mindfulness to increase your life right now. Guess what you'll learn? Well, maybe my consciousness is different from my thoughts. What is that consciousness? Maybe it's a soul. Maybe I'm a soul, right? It all leads there. So do whatever you're interested in, Jainism-wise, for half an hour a day. Thank you so much for your time this week, for your time this semester. I really appreciate that. And I hope that uh, you accomplish your goals that we set. Uh, we all wrote down our goals in our spiritual regimen. I hope that you accomplish those this summer.
If anybody needs a book, Jinpin has it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.